0: Revel in a small story about a big idea that brought tears to my eyes. How many 40-year-old movies still work today? I just saw one Sunday night, and we're going to talk about it. On this episode of Right Angle with Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. This show is brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com who not only make it possible for thousands of people to hear messages they don't hear elsewhere, uh, but also run their own content machine, the juggernaut at BillWhittle.com. And we invite you to join them by clicking the big green Become a Member button at that website. Uh, Gentlemen, Sunday night, my lovely bride and I went to see a 40th anniversary showing of E.T., the extraterrestrial. And it was on an IMAX screen, but that wasn't necessary. Um... And uh, Bill Whittle, I found something uh, so striking about this movie, and maybe because it seems so different than so much that I've seen lately. We go to quite a few movies. My wife really likes movies. And so we go to a lot of modern movies. um, And there's a lot of big pictures with a lot of special effects and a lot of really large set piece kind of dramatic scenes. But what struck me, Bill, about E.T. was. What a small story it was, how intimate it was, how personal and relational. And it's almost like the story could have been played on a stage. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Absolutely. Um, Any good movie script should be something that could be read with actors sitting on stools against a black box background and hold your attention for hour and a half, two hours that the that the actual dialogue goes on. That's, this is why so many modern movies are so terrible. They're rebooting, they're trying to remake with better effects movies that had a profound effect, but they change them just enough to make them awful and so on. And, and there's no question that E.T. is a classic. Um, I don't think many people realize this, but one of the big appeals of E.T. is that it is a... It's quite a bit like a remake of Superman. Uh, And and it may not seem like it at first, but it really is. You've got this all-powerful creature, this highly, highly advanced, powerful creature that finds itself in the middle of suburban America, in the heart of America, not in the big cities, not, not somewhere else, in the heart of America, which for Steven Spielberg growing up was suburban California. And the whole story is essentially a look at the fundamental decency of that culture as it impacts a visitor from another planet. The the whole thing is a a look at American culture as a fundamentally good, decent, uh, worthy um, uh, environment. And that's how this little boy makes friends with this super advanced pilot of an interstellar spaceship and why they don't come down and all hit us with the heat rays because this is what this is what America is what America was anyway for Steven Spielberg uh, Spielberg is a is a I'm, certainly he's the greatest pop director to ever live in, and and he's, he's I think he's in the top 5 in terms of all-time directors Steven Spielberg has the ability to pluck emotions better than anyone I have ever seen, uh, and the emotion he especially knows how to, to 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 hit is the most difficult of all. It's not fear; any any horror movie hack can do that. Uh, most competent workman directors can generate a sense of pride or you know happiness when the big when the good guy wins. Steven Spielberg has figured out how to capture wonder, and wonder is a mm. damn difficult thing to put in a jar. Is really, really, really hard, and the genius of Steven Spielberg is, is that he understands that the that the greatest acts of wonder can be best shown in the smallest transactions, in the smallest, smallest little transactions. Here's a, here's a piece of candy. Uh, okay, uh, that's a lot more powerful than having. The Galactic Council meet the Galactic Senate on the planet where 4,000 delegates get together and talk about our differences. And now here's a piece of candy. I think this is mm. now with all of that said, uh I I I I, I it's not like E.T. Like e. Nobody doesn't like E.T. I, I, I like E.T. just fine, but it wasn't one of my favorite movies or one of my favorite Spielberg movies. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That movie mm. messed up my head. But um there is a one sort of a dark side to this a downside to this and that is i started off by saying how how it was fundamentally a reflection of the decency of american culture i'm pretty sure et preceded star wars in this if it didn't it happened right afterwards steven spielberg went back after the film had been open been uh-huh. released for 15 20 years and digitally changed the 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 Images at the end of that, the the federal agents in the movie that we saw came into the house armed with guns. And Steven Spielberg went to great expense when it was reissued to digitally remove the guns and replace them with flashlights. His his uh, argument was was that he didn't want to promote gun violence. They did the exact same thing with Han Solo in the original version of of Star Wars in the Cantina. Han Solo shoots Greedo under the table because Greedo's about to take him off to be killed. But uh, George Lucas said, no, that's promoting gun violence. So they recut it so that Greedo shoots a split second first. So Han is apparently acting in self-defense. And he was acting in self-defense in the first place. That's why he shot him. But unfortunately, Scott, E.T. is one of those milestones where they began to rewrite history. And I mean that precisely rewrite history. What you saw when you went to that movie is not what people see today. And if you told them that, I know in the case of the Star Wars cantina scene, if you don't have Star Wars, the original Star Wars on VHS, you cannot find the actual version where Han shoots first. And this is just an attempt to rewrite history. Many commenters have said Steven Spielberg and George Lucas were young men when they made Star Wars and young men when they made E.T. And then they became grandfathers and then they started second guessing themselves and they had the technology to go back and, and 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 fix things and edit things. And that is a gigantic, enormous Mistake for any number of reasons, not the least of which is you're messing around with a piece of art that you finished, that you put out there. And when it went out there, it had a profound effect on society. And at that point, you are, you have to leave it alone. I know Spielberg is one of these guys who, rightfully enough, complain an awful lot about colorization of classic movies. But then he goes around and does the exact same thing. He uses his technology to change the original product. And I find that to be Extremely disappointing.
0: Stephen Green, one of the things that I think was interesting about the movie is every movie has to have a villain. Uh, The villains in this movie uh, were actually trying to save E.T.'s life. Um, That all these government officials that showed up and took him uh, basically then surrounded him with medical personnel who were desperately trying to find a way to keep him alive. Now, they did so in ignorance. They didn't know what it took to keep him alive, and and Elliot was trying to tell them what it took to keep him alive, uh, but couldn't, you know, obviously you don't listen to a 10-year-old when you're a doctor. Um, and and so much of the film comes through the eyes of a child and seeing you know that kind of menacing it's funny even when they show the adults early on that are going to come and and take ET away you see them at waist level like you see you yeah. see keys on a belt uh, that are just kind of rattling in this scene. Um, but I, I just think that, uh, they managed to pull together this package of sort of uniquely American ideas and capture kind of probably what we would do if an alien showed up on the planet. It's like they, they're they not going to go in guns blazing, whether they carried them or not. Um, they think they're trying to do the right thing. And so everybody in the movie is trying to do the right thing. Some of them are being effective at it and and others are not. Um, what struck me steve though was the the manner in which this story was told even though i knew what was going to happen down to the last detail when it was over tears were streaming down my cheeks how how is it possible that something stands up so
2: well after 4 decades um i'll get to that in a moment uh, bill it's true you still can't get original star wars by the way it's not called the new hope it's it's called star wars um, that's right but, but I don't know about the DVD, and I don't know if there's a 4K release yet, but my Blu-ray release of E.T. includes the special edition with the stupid edits, but it also includes the original theatrical cut uh, with the government agents with their firearms, and uh, it's a it's a beautiful Blu-ray transfer. Uh, and by the way, it's the only version my kids have ever seen. Um, that thing. aside, you know, there there's really something beautiful in E.T. I... I I love movies my whole life. Uh, the first I remember the first I still remember the first time going to the movie theater. I was three or four years old. It was uh, 1972 or 73, and it was a re-release of Mary Poppins. Back in the days when the only way to see an older movie was to wait for a TV sh- station to rerun it or for them to re-release it in the theaters, and I was always a big fan of genre pictures, uh, especially horror and science fiction. So, when Spielberg came along and Lucas came along and started doing these amazing genre pictures that weren't just kind of, you know, cheesy, low budget B movies, but big budget spectaculars that were just well written and well directed and amazing to watch, I was hooked. Uh, In fact, E.T. moved me so much. Yeah, as your typical callow 13-year-old when it came out. But like you, Scott, I had tears running down my cheeks when I saw E.T. on the big screen in the summer of 82. And I saw it three times that summer, you know, spending my hard-earned, lawn knowing money to go to the theater three times, all three times. Uh I was so moved by ET that um I thought for a couple of years I wanted to be a movie director. I wanted to be able to do that thing yeah. that Spielberg did to move people the way that Spielberg did. It was just my mind was just absolutely blown by that movie. And I think the reason and I'm glad Bill mentioned close encounters of the third kind cuz here we have Two movies with uh, a couple of similar themes, aliens visiting Earth, uh, the government making some kind of preparations for, for this visit, in the case of E.T., at the last second, because they find out about it after, and in the case of Close Encounters, you know, they've got that whole uh, uh, receiving area set up at uh, Devil's Tower. Uh, and the other theme, and I think this is where, where Spielberg really gets people, is both movies have broken families. And in the case of Mm -hmm. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, uh, Richard Dreyfuss's family is just so broken, so irretrievably broken, that here is a dad, here is a husband, who at the end of the movie gets on board a spaceship for God knows how long he's going to be gone. And you're kind of on his side. That's a, a very difficult trick uh to, to pull off for a movie to make you not hate the guy who is abandoning his wife and kids. Um and as 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 I get older now that I'm a dad, I'm 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 not sure I really like Spielberg for doing that to me. It's 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 quite a thing. But in, in ET, you have a similarly broken family. The dad is nowhere to be found. I don't even remember if he's mentioned anywhere in the movie. Uh, yes. But Dee Wallace, the mom, uh, basically has no idea what her kids are ever doing. The, the two boys basically hate each other most of the time. Uh, the little girl is, uh, is too young. Drew Barrymore is four or five years old and they, when they film the pictures. is really too young to, to do anything but kind of tag along with the boys and, you know, dress up the alien. Um, but in that movie, you see a family come back together. Hmm. (sighs) That's good stuff. Yes, it is. Well, I
0: I was struck in in this watching of it. Um, I didn't go in intending to analyze it, but little things (sighs) stuck out to me. Um, that were kind of small moments, but somehow pulled everything together. And, um, and the first thing I remember was uh, at one point, somebody drops a carton of milk on the kitchen floor and it's open and the milk just is kind of glugging out on the floor. And in a normal movie, that would be a flash of a moment and you'd see, okay, they dropped the milk, it's spilling on the floor. But he held on that shot just for a little longer than you'd expect anybody to hold on that shot as if he, that was saying something, the small, um, action of the Reese's pieces that Elliot leaves as a trail to lure the extraterrestrial to him. And, you know, as he gets him up the stairs and you see the hand of the, the extraterrestrial reach out and grab the last Reese's piece that he didn't get on the first scoop, you know, just everything was, was slow. Um, in the backyard, uh, there was some sort of commotion in the backyard, and Elliot goes out, and the trash can has tumbled down the steps. They had to kind of go up these steps where the trash can was, and a larger can that was inside the trash can bounces down the stairs in this kind of slow dance, and I thought, Did that just fortuitously happen and they caught it on film or was somebody pulling that thing with a string or something? Because they, again, they lingered on that shot of this, can just bouncing down the stairs, the, the shot of the keys on the authority figure that you didn't even get to see for a long time. You didn't know who the guy was who had the keys on his belt. He was just kind of the man with the keys on his belt um, and, and how they bring that around. Um, the fact that there, the father wasn't in the home, uh, the mom uh, actually was quite disturbed when she found out from one of the kids that the father was vacationing in Mexico with his new girlfriend. And uh, it's actually one of the most sad moments of the movie. She gets up from the table and she turns away so that the kids can't see her cry. And um, she goes, "He doesn't even like Mexico." Yeah, you know, and 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 right. that in that moment, you saw the brokenness of a family where the parents are no longer together. And then the kids get angry, like the older brother gets angry at the little brother be- for saying that he was in Mexico with Sally. Um, and so, you know, it's just those those small moments that make up a real life that take a giant picture about aliens coming to our planet in a spaceship that looks like a flying mosque and somehow uh, make it into an intimate, personal story and and I think you know every Hollywood director maybe needs to go back and watch that again because we're everything is so big now. We feel like we need to make big statements with big scenes and big actors and, you know, beautiful people. And, and frankly, there were no beautiful people in this movie. I mean, Dee Wallace, the mom, was probably the most attractive person. Maybe Drew Barrymore, a uh, close second. But most of them were just ordinary-looking people engaged in ordinary suburban lives, trying to do the best they could. And in that, I think we're able to quickly identify with them, and we think, oh, what would I do? How would I handle this situation? And so they get to the heart of what the real story is much more effectively than all of the CGI and the incredible special effects that they can do today. In any case, if you haven't seen it in a while, I don't know how long it's supposed to run at the theater, but if you haven't seen it in a while, find a way to watch E.T. again and just revel in in a small story about a big idea that brought tears to my eyes. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible.